Hey everyone, welcome back to Heart Sprained. Hey Nadine. Hey Mish. Okay, so today we have our first guest. We're so excited to have her on. Her name is Elisa, and she is known as the Date Whisperer. We're going to let you tell us all about you, Elisa. So we'll take it from the top. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Tell us everything. And how do you know us? Yeah. Maybe tell that story. <laughs> I don't know you guys. I have no idea who you are. <laughs> guys, a bunch of these crazy chicks like nailed me down on the street. They're like, please be on our podcast. No, Stranger. <laughs> That's what we did. We kidnapped her and now she's here against her will. Oh my gosh. No, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. And um, yeah, I love that intro. And uh, yes, no, my name is Elisa Perifico and um, I've been a dating expert for quite some time now, and I know these two amazing gals, uh, Miss Michelle and Miss Nadine from college. We all went to Rutgers together. Go are you? Woo-woo. Yes. Right Woo-woo. on. Woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> the enthusiasm has died I down. Know. It's still there. I know. I'm trying so hard to not say or make a sound I will regret later. <laughs> yes. You I gotta let that. that ship sail, Nadine. You yeah, I really let do. it happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's just gonna let it happen. <laughs> But no, I love that. Uh, I love that we're here and get to chat because I feel like even when we were all in school, you know, there was so much that we all went through in terms of breakups and relationships. And I yeah. love that you guys are, are, are giving it back to the people now. That's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Right on. Um, but yeah, to answer your questions, Michelle, oh geez, I don't even remember how many you asked me. Okay. That's fine. So it was, it was a list. It was a list. <laughs> so let's start with like, well, where are you from? I like your where you're from story. Oh, right on. Uh, so I'm from South Jersey in, uh, in Marlton. Um, and uh, yeah, I went to school at Rutgers. And I, um, you, you wanting like my sort of professional background? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, like okay. you were in LA. Oh, oh, all of this. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I went to school at Rutgers, you know, I've always kind of circled around the psychological space you know I was I majored in journalism and I minored in psychology and I was always in the industries of sort of um, not even just self-growth but really the idea of helping people understand self-awareness so they could take what they already had and make themselves better you know Um, you know Mm -hmm. it just we all need it right because at any give any point any day we're all ready to (laughs) <laughs> to just lose our minds so absolutely it was like how do we you know how do we all get together and just not lose our minds together and so you know I I dabbled a bit uh you know with journalism and then I dabbled a bit in fitness and you know um I went to LA and I was doing um a lot of television stuff um which was great and awesome but it was never really anything that uh I would say really satisfied what I did well, um, which was really kind of getting to the core of who people were and who they are and how, again, how to have them utilize these tools to get together so they can, you know, improve their own lives. So uh, inevitably, I ended up in the matchmaking space, which has been sort of the last piece of the puzzle kind of moment um, for me in this industry. And uh, it's been really neat. You get to help people from a very different perspective but also in the most important perspective in their entire lives because I think if you ask anybody what's the most important thing to them in their life and they're gonna say their family or their partner or these people Mm -hmm. in their life and yet as Americans we are the last people to put relationships first we just are we just are we're so negligent about it yeah um so yeah this country needs a big big wake-up call you know we're in the 62 percentile in divorce and it's just not cool you know it's just not cool and is it that high it's that high yeah 60 oh percent yeah I'm we are surprised. we're over the we're over the hump for obesity we're over the hump wow, for divorce so we're wow not- we're, we're really thriving aren't <laughs> we as a society we're just not a happy country right <laughs> we're, now we're fat and alone oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> cool. right but you know and a lot of that is too just because the same reason that um so much of the you know so much of the country is unhealthy and overweight was for a long time due to the fact that there wasn't enough education about it and now that that's coming to light now we're moving into the relationship space was the reason that you know relationships are failing so diligently and so drastically is because there's not enough information about how to go about fixing them or maintaining them or what they should look like or feel like you know 
um romantic comedies and you know it's so funny i always say in my world romantic comedies and disney are like public enemy number one um (laughs) they are because cinderella seriously i mean i could not agree more when is the last time you guys broke your heel and some man picked it up and went and found you and put on your feet never never happens to me every tuesday (laughs) i don't know what you're saying i relate to that story especially with how tiny my waist is and right I wake up in the morning. I, it just feels like they did my life story, but I, I'm, I'm sorry that none of you can relate. <laughs> yeah, you got to get those rights, Nadine. You got to get that back. They yeah, they off, really girl. told my story. They fucked me on that one. <laughs> the birds got you dressed this morning. <laughs> I mean, don't upset them. They're sleeping. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, we digress. We digress. Okay, so wait. I, I'm really stuck on something you yeah, said. Yeah, go. Um, go ahead. I am obsessed with that actually that you right. said like when you ask somebody what the, the most the most important part of their life is they say their right. family right. and I think that's really something that's missing from this generation because nobody wants to start a family even just like a couple you don't have to want kids but right. what you know you know it's just a part of life that people die and like life changes like what are people what's going to be the most important thing in somebody's life without right. their own family so that's right. very interesting yeah exactly exactly so, and I I think there's one thing before we get into this that I really want to make sure people know about Elisa because I think she undersold herself a little bit here. So <laughs> oh my god, we were in college. <laughs> oh no, Elisa has <laughs> known that she was made for this kind of thing because whenever any of us were going through any sort of situation or whatever, like she was the one pushing us to actually chat. Like, do you remember when I got into like my first relationship in college Yeah, and I almost had like a mini panic attack about the oh, fact yeah. that he called me his girlfriend? You were like, oh, put yeah. on your big girl pants, <laughs> get the fuck over yourself and yes. do better. Basically yes. was what you said to me. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> no, but also I have to add that Elisa is probably I I cannot even imagine you being mean to anyone ever. You're like the nicest person. Like she probably said that so nicely to you. I mean, she sort of bitch slapped me and empowered me at the same time. It's like total like girl for girls. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes, I liked I I like Nadia. Like we just said, the bitch slap empowerment movement. Yeah, yes, that's what honey. you did. Work, sister. Yeah. Yes. No yes. work, honey. Yes, you know. <laughs> we are we are in our you know we are really all in our own way and I think you know the minute that everybody just takes a breath and realizes that regardless of what Instagram is showing you no one has it together ever nope. um no. and you know it's just I mean gosh pick out the terms right there's it's called Gatsbying where your life looks yes. way better on Instagram yeah. than it actually is we just talked about that love it oh you did okay cool um and yeah I mean that's just the that's just sort of the reality is that we're all so lonely even yeah. though we have all this technology to connect each other but the reality is we've been the loneliest we've ever been and to branch on what you were saying Michelle especially the the millennial generation it's what they've known and they know how to communicate and it's it's actually inhibited their intrapersonal skills how what happens when they're face to face from another human being they they literally haven't done it as much as the older generation has and so when they are forced to be in front of someone there's a whole layer that's just missing in terms of their instincts on what to do and it's crazy because it's 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 resulting in all these weird behaviors of you know dropping off and ghosting and not seeing people it's Uh just it's just stuff to us is embarrassing it's like oh my gosh like how would we do that but the reality is you know without that missing piece it just creates all this again a new generation of of socialist movement it really it really is kind of gnarly when you think about it it's interesting that you went in this direction because I know we have a a set of curated questions that we want to get to but before we dive into it I would love to hear your perspective on dating apps and how you think those have changed the dating landscape and Mm -hmm. if you think that they've contributed to some of this you know emotional awkwardness that you're kind of referencing yep all right you want my real real on this you want the real real, yeah the real to the real okay oh yeah so I have been really on the backside of dating apps for quite some time now. And the crazy thing about it that everybody should know is that they are so dramatically different now than they were even three years ago, five years ago. I mean, they're just different um, to the point that even if you found success on a dating app, you know, a while ago, if you found it on it now, it would be that much more extraordinary because of the plummet of results that those have apps have seen. And it's purely because of the consumer's ability to learn. So for mm-hmm. example, because, because 
computer algorithms just don't have the ability to grasp certain human emotions and capabilities and that depth that we all bring to the table. They just, they pair people up and it's failing. So now we as a society are getting way smarter. That's like, you know what? <laughs> These are the same guys I've been seeing over and over, over mm-hmm. again. And all they want is some fast tail or they just want, they're just lonely, want somebody to talk to, which is super wow. frustrating, like an online buddy. We're like, the, uh, come on now. Yeah. Um, and so it's really the people that aren't on those apps after a while that go, you know what? Nobody that I actually want is on these things. So why am I on these things? And that's really yeah. what they need to start thinking about because you require a certain amount of depth, attention, just overall maturity that these apps aren't providing. So now it's become a, it's become a real bar for what you want. If you want some quick, casual hanky panky, go online. It's fast. (laughs) It's perfect. You'll know right away. Or if you're just super lonely and hoping someone else can shoot the shit with you. Absolutely. Go on there. Have a great time. Anything outside of that, or anything outside of really like getting back in the dating pool and, and getting your feet wet, that's fine for that. But if you're really ready for a true relationship, you need to start outsourcing a, in a little bit of a smarter way so you don't waste your time. Because as you start getting a little older, if you want a family, you want kids, you don't want to be an older person stuck on the outskirts of things. And you've got to be smart about where you're putting your time and attention, which we normally do in all these other places, our fitness our work. Mm. I mean, you know, you've got at least somewhat of a gym plan. You're not like, you know, back in the day, maybe you showed up at the gym and you're like, you know what? That exercise looks okay. I'll just follow. Yeah. I'll right. just follow this one person around and hope they <laughs> hope they know what they're doing. Right? So, what do That's you how think? injuries happen. Yeah. Exactly. A real sprain. Akin yes. to your heart sprain. <laughs> but it, it really is. It really is the equivalent, right? If you're, you know, if you're trying to get back in shape, you want to, you're trying to eat healthier. You're trying to you know, work out, are you going to show up at the gym and not have a plan and follow somebody around? Or are you going to just, you know, eat a salad, you know, and just hope that changes things? Or are you going to really do some due diligence to figure out, hey, I got to plan this out a little bit, figure out where I'm putting my time and attention in order to get the maximum result. And that's the same in your love life it really is the same. Wow. Yeah. That's, so, that's what so you... powerful. Yeah. I, have to, I have to branch off of that branch. Name. Yes. Um, <laughs> so what do you think like the post post-apocalyptic like i like that <laughs> meaning that's gonna look like what do you like, what's gonna happen with dating apps what's your prediction i think they're gonna migrate away like myspace i think they're going Ooh. to yeah i think they're gonna be a, a time of the past that's like you know how funny it was when we all had those myspace pages and it was like amazing at the time and we put all this energy uh-huh. into it but yeah. it morphed into something really more intuitive um, I think it's going to be a version of that, but you know, truthfully, I don't know what it's going to turn into because the thing that really misses from these apps, um, which is again, like what I said earlier, um, you know, and I'll quote my, one of my best friends in the whole world, uh, Hallie Buttercaboli. She, she said to me a couple months ago, you know, in this day and age, technology is doing a brilliant job at replacing IQ, you know, robots, machinery, computer. I mean, anything that you can do these days, a computer can do for you, except for the emotional intelligence space, the EQ, you know, the depth, getting Mm -hmm. to know, you know, someone's foundational, the way their brain works and what capability, you know, why does, why is somebody more mature than somebody else? And why are they not literally capable of becoming more mature than somebody else? I mean, I'm sure you guys know people in your lives that no matter what you do with them, they just can't get past certain things. I can't see something in a per- certain perspective. There's just no mm-hmm. depth there. And it's a lot of it's genetics right. um, and a lot of it's their environment, but there really is DNA be- behind, you know, how, how forward thinking you can actually be, how deep you can actually yeah. be and right. how you can grasp these concepts. And that, that parlays perfectly into relationships and why they don't even, why they do and don't work out and why it takes a little bit to figure out why they won't work out as well. I love that so much. And yeah. Hallie, if you're listening to this ever, I love you so much. <laughs> yes. Uh, we love you, Hallie. Miss be, you, boo-boo. She's going to be mortified. I even brought up her name. No, I love it. No, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, okay. So you got into this space. What do you think qualifies you as a matchmaker? Like, what do you, what is it about you that, that you see in people that maybe they don't see in themselves or in other people? Yeah, totally. Um, So it's funny, um, just essentially just that, you know, um, really the study, you know, it's, and I'm not sure it's really something that I knew knew really took shape until after um, a while in my young career, but 
everything I was doing was revolving around the emotional intelligence space. I mean, anything that I was executing well at could see through, give solutions to, um, was, was helping people see what they couldn't see on their own. Um, because I was, I mean, and Nadine can attest to this. I mean, I, I, I was never an IQ person. I was always so jealous of Nadine in college because I always thought we were like team, like we're not academic people. Like I got it. <laughs> we're in this together. Like I'm going to fail this. She's going to fail this. But this girl rolls in with like not studying and yes. aces this test. And then I failed it and was like, Nadine, I was supposed what are you this? talking about? You said this is going to be like easy. I don't understand. You were supposed to fail together. To get out there. I know. I, she did. She like whips out these A's and she's like graduated like half asleep. I'm like, I don't get this. She tricked me. Well, it's anyway. okay because the emotional awareness space is where you beat me. So don't right. even worry about it. Well, and that's, and that's actually how I figured all that out was that, you know, I, you know, it was never really my strength in terms of academia numbers, but really about understanding basic hum- concepts that nobody else around me was really processing. And then I figured out that that's why in the psychology space and the journalism space um, and things that really um, involve people and how they navigate their day to day, you know, time management, productivity, um, connections, things are things that are in between the things that we do. Right. How do we get Mm -hmm. from A to B? All that in between stuff needs some real nurturing and some real facilitating in order to keep those processes going. Um, So that's really what. kind of qualified me as it but I also it also pulled me to it you know I just started to get recruited after a while to do these things and I was sought out by firms and companies to come in and 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 change it and I was like all right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say say no um you know I'm Mm -hmm. here let's do it that's what I found and my career just really skyrocketed from there and it was like you know all of a sudden I was doing cool BuzzFeed stuff and NBC oh, and so cool. on a panel yeah. matchmakers. It was really, it was pretty badass and pretty cool. And I thought, all right, this, I could do this all day, every day. And I do. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's I funny because I around. think, yeah, right. <laughs> it's do. funny because I think what's so interesting about what you said is that you're, you're less focused on the what and more focused on the why. Yeah. Which I think so much of our generation and so much of the automated piece, like you were referring to earlier has been lost. Right. And yep. I think it's ironic because the toughest part about breakups is the why. Right. Yet we've left those things behind to such an extent that we just can't seem to relate to each other anymore. And right. that's why we do horrible things to each other that maybe wouldn't have happened 10 years ago. Like this idea of never speaking to someone again that you went on a date with or, you know, ghosting and that sort of thing. So yeah. it's, it's, it's almost like you're right. Like we've created this world where the why doesn't matter but we're getting to a point now where we're trying to go back to it. And right. I think that's really great that what you do kind of helps bridge that gap and help remind us that these are still people, like whether it's on an app or not, there's an emotional thing that this app can't really register. And by proxy, some people using these apps can't register anymore because they've never had to. Right. Exactly. It's, and I, I tell people it's seriously the equivalent of, I mean, it's like a Black Mirror episode where it's like you just like, if you gathered all these people on these apps and just like put them in a room, they'd all be like standing around. It's just like a weird singles event online, you know, except you don't have to like do the networking part of like going up and saying hello. And these poor guys who like, you know, it doesn't matter what they do on those apps, they fail. They can't say. I hate key. that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and they do, they ask me all the time. They go, I just don't know. What do I yes, say? That's what do a, I say yep. on these things? The yep. biggest problem. It's so, it makes me so upset. Girls are really tough. They're awful. I mean, yeah. and, 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 you know, and I ask women all the time too. I said, you know, how do you want to be approached? And they, and it's so funny. I, I, I never shy away from checking the ladies. They, they got to know because they always give me the same answer, which is, you know, I just want a guy to come up to me at the grocery store and he's just going to tap me on the shoulder and just make some small talk and say hello. And I was like, okay, so I'm in New York city and we're going to walk <laughs> through this scenario to you. All right. You're cu- You are cute as a button at in whole foods, nine o'clock at night. Some rando taps you on the shoulder. You're in the frozen food section. And he says, hello, make some small talk. What is your reaction? And she Pepper goes, oh, spray. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My point is that we have this idea of how we think we're going to react and meet people like, in a romantic comedy, like he's going to like run out in the middle of the street and, and save you from a taxi cab or, you know, you know, whatever the case is. And it's just, you know, or even the, you've got mail story, right? This, all these fanatical Ugh, things, yes. which is mm-hmm. as fun as they are, they are just not ever going to happen. And that's not a bad thing. It's, it's really not because real love doesn't work that way. 
And the sooner we start wrapping our heads around that, the a lot easier it will be to actually enjoy and appreciate the relationships we do have, because that is really what it's about. And it's only when we get attached to these ideas that our relationship should be one way that we start really taking uh, for granted what we have in front of us. And that's really kind of the re-education of, of romance that. and really needs to happen. And the dating apps thing too I'm sorry, but unless you are six feet tall or, or taller and gorgeous, right. it's just not going to work for men because right. so much of the emotional connection component does, isn't really based on looks. And those apps are all designed yeah. based right. on looks. And women, you know, we're, we're annoying as hell. Like we are so picky when it comes to like what we'll go on a date with or whatever. And unfortunately, there's no way to assess like how attracted you are to someone, whether they're gorgeous or not through the app, because I can't tell you how many dates I have been on with someone who I swiped right on and I get there and I'm like, I feel nothing like this is not what I thought. It's not the accurate gauge. And it could be something simple. Like it's not, it's clearly not his height. I knew what his height was. It's not his face. I knew what his face looked like. It's just that initial connection. It's just Mm. not there. The emotional piece is not there. And there's just no way to gauge it online. So unless you are like looking like Bradley Cooper or Brad Pitt or some other hot Brad that, you know, apparently (laughs) that's the name, you know, it's it's just not, you're not going to do well on those apps. And that's so unfortunate because I think women do themselves a disservice in that space by limiting it in that way. Yeah. Oh man, you said so many point on things right there that that we'll have to break down in a minute. But I want to mention something and ladies, I'm about to burst your bubble big time, but you should know. Actually, I'll ask you guys, what percentage of men do you think are over six feet in this country? Oh, it's very well, low. But I'm dating one, so it's fine. <laughs> I did, you got one. I did. I caught one, Mom. I caught one. Ladies, back off. I mean, ladies, but you know, I am not into taller guys. <laughs> I know. I know. But, that, but the good thing, well, so, so anyway, but the good, thing, the good thing is, Nadine, that you'll be happy to know that, listen, you you are allowed to have a guy that's over six feet. You're not, you know, itty bitty. I get I'm it. Five you know, foot this, nine and yeah, I need you, a big boy. You, you get a big boy. You're, you're awarded. But no, seriously, only 14% of guys what? in this country are six feet. And by the way, that's including <gasps> uh, homosexual men. So Ooh, heads, up, heads, heads up. And married men. And married men. And my man. (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch him. But my point of that is that it's true. We've created this bar of things and now you're eliminating the majority of what you could be seeing purely based on what a preconceived notion of what you think you need. And that's why there's so many deviations here that are so difficult to push through because not only on these algorithms, are you having to choose what you think you want? You have to be sure that's what you know you want. Mm-hmm. And by, by the way, most, and that's that sort of emotional self-awareness piece that many people don't have in order for, for those fitness apps or not fitness apps, listen to me, dating apps to actually be effective and work. That would require every single person to be 150% self-aware mm-hmm. and to understand how mm-hmm. they function, which is not the case. We are humans. We're multidimensional. We're growing. We're some of us are more self-aware than others, and and that's so that's not the case. So as a result, you have all this, you know, debacle, which is mm-hmm. just n- none of it makes any sense, and all this mismatching. And to your point, Nadine, you show up on a date, and this person isn't anything like you imagine purely for that reason because you had all this time to pre-imagine it and fantasize it mm-hmm. and make it the best movie in your brain, you know, and you're Kate Winslet and he's Leo and you're showing up and there's this moment and it's like, so it falls short. And by the way, this guy on the other end of it knows you're feeling that way and is trying his hardest to be amazing. And then now he's so sad. No, it's not sad. He fucked over some girl somewhere sometime. (laughs) He just doesn't know he's not educated about it. But some of these, I'll tell you, most of these guys really aren't, buttheads you know I mean the the ones the ones that you know that are really super active on these these apps I mean you know listen they're on there for a reason they they rack up they leave whatever but a lot of a lot of these guys who really are looking for a real relationship I mean listen men are not intuitive creatures by nature the ladies are that -hmm. is our strong suit so now we're asking them and by the way and you guys know they don't take initiative either that's just not what they're known for so they're not intuitive. They don't take initiative. So why are we asking the guys who can't read a cue if their life depended on it to go, to do something that they can't do and on top of it take the initiative mm-hmm. to set oh the God. tone 
and read ladies' mind, right? So we're oh. literally setting them up to fail from the moment it starts. Oh, and fail they do. <laughs> yeah, really. Brilliantly. I mean, just <laughs> terribly. And we're surprised by it. We're like, oh. We're like, why didn't he know that I didn't mean what I said? Why didn't he know? (laughs) That's why ghosting happens. Right. He's like, I got to go. Right. Right. I got to bail on this. Right. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, you guys tell me when you're ready for, like, stories. That's the cutest post date for stories, like, of all time that are just – and they are of this, right? They are of the sort of lack of communication and and all that kind of stuff. It's just just gnarly, you know, reading each other's cues and and giving that information and how much farther the men would actually go if – they had a little bit more information about you. And that's kind of what I do, you know, okay. playing the, the, the middleman. Well, I have a question then. That yeah. Kind of leads into that a little bit. Yeah. So the type of people who typically come to you. Right. Do you, are they people who have been single for a while? Are they usually fresh out of a breakup? Are they just tell us a little bit about that demographic? Like, because they seem much more self-aware or at least more, you know, ready to right. be self-aware. Yeah. You know, um, it's a little bit of a mixed bag of people who, you know, they're a little bit, you know, they might be in the little bit of their late twenties, early thirties, but they've been around the Rosie at least a couple times, you know, it's not their first like college boyfriend, you know, or they're just feeling things out. They're not like, you know, 23 out out, fresh out of college. Um, they're really either they've, they've been single for a few years now and they're like, all right, I'm ready to like actually find the real thing, start a family, the real person I'm really exhausted from dating or, if they're not, if they are struggling a little bit with that idea and they're fresh out of a relationship, they thought that last person was the one and they're kind of coping with it, they might seek me out prematurely, um, you know, which is also why in our space, it's very important that we're invitation only because it's my job to make sure oh. I'm not setting somebody up to fail by oh, saying, wow. yeah, sure, come on over. No, you're heartbroken a month ago after five-year heavy, you know, right. thing. It's it's, it's a very... It's a very, it's a very uh, pressuring position to be in when you're sitting there and you're saying, hey, listen, I got to give you some perspective here. This is not the time to date. You know, you've mm-hmm. got, there's a lot of uh, paths and roads that you need to go through in order to get to the next one. And somebody's got to tell them that. There's no real resource for a lot of people to kind of go to, you know, not even a, a rule, right? 30 minutes after swimming or 30 minutes after eating, don't go swimming. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's tough for people because not only are you can't be, you can't be relative to, you know, can't be subjective to yourself. And on top of it, you have to, you have to separate yourself from the emotional part of it. And none of that's possible. You're a human, you know, you're, you're meant to feel these emotions. So you kind of seek out resources to pull yourself out of that. Like maybe your mom or your friends or whoever, but they're not necessarily people that are going to help navigate you in the direction you need to be in. They're just going to be a support source, which is kind of what's invigorating about somebody like me is that not only Am I going to be like your best empowering gal pal? But in reality, I'm actually going to put you on a track that gets you where you need to go. And I know more than your mom or your friends or, you know, whoever put together. So it really does do both things together. So you can actually be where you need to be. So I would love for you to kind of elaborate a little bit on that because you said something really interesting. The whole idea of not there's there is it seems like there's almost like a screening process that you go through to assess if someone's ready. And I think it might help anybody who's listening to this to understand and maybe even self-screen in a way before they think about putting themselves back out there. What do you typically look for? Like, what are you asking someone or what are you like screening for to figure out if someone's ready to like go out there and do and make something serious happen? Right. Yeah. Perfect. Great, great, great question. Um, so, you know, when I'm meeting with somebody, um, you're right, we go through a heavy screening process to make sure that um, whatever they're about to embark on with us is going to be worth their time and energy and, you know, commitment, essentially. Um, but basically, you know, it's a lot like, you know, it's a lot like reacting to things, you know, you don't want to, you're super sad. All right, maybe it's not the best idea to go like, binge on a bunch of food, even though that's, you know, probably what a lot of us used to cope, right? You just start to look at sort of coping mechanisms. So if you're fresh out of a relationship, it really depends on the severity of it, right? So um, for example, I I met with a gal a couple weeks ago. She's super duper sweet. Um, She's the best friend of a current client of mine. And, um, you know, the client of mine neglected to tell me that this gal had just broken up with her fiance of five years. Uh, two months beforehand and the way in which they had split up was a a little bit traumatic because, you know, um, he, not only was he cheating on her, but he was cheating on her with like multiple women and he he actually had another marriage. I mean, just, right, right, right. There's so many things at play here. Wow. 
Um, so anyway, so, so already in the fact that she's feeling embarrassed and overwhelmed, but she really, really wants to start, she wants to have a family and she wants to start having kids. And you know, the, the, the time, the clock's on us ladies. We're the ones that are like, you know, yeah. spit them out by, you know, 35 or 36. If right. not, you, you better well, have, you better all the geriatric pregnancy, <laughs> but yeah, really terrifying. To <laughs> hear. Yeah. Like Gary, I'm what? Jerry, what? Right. And so it's created this weird dynamic um, amongst the guys that they start to steer away from single ladies over 35 because they've mm-hmm. got this like smell on them. That's like, yeah. we better like get humping like right now or else <laughs> yeah. don't waste my time. So it's created this weird dynamic um, in that way. But in terms of a breakup, you know, as, as much as you might feel like you can't lose time, which is good. You also don't want to do more damage than good. Like, for example, I tell people all the time, there's people on these dating apps who, like, date, like, wildfire. I mean, they are out there. They're like, it's just a numbers game. It, you know, I'm bound to land on the right one if I just keep dating, I keep dating. You know, and I kind of compare it to, like, the gym, right? It's like you can't, you can't do squat day every day. You just can't. You can't do leg day. You can't do leg day every day. You will do more damage to that muscle than good. You can do it once a week. But you need the muscle needs time to recover. It needs time to recoup, and you've got to give it that TLC in order to grow. And if you don't, then it's you're you're going to do more damage to it. And I tell people it's the same in a relationship. You know, if you're fresh out of a relationship and something traumatic has just happened, you need a beat to recover and neutralize. I said it doesn't have to mean that you've got to be fully moved on and skipping on the sunset, but you need to be in a space that you can at least be neutral, meaning that that the the effect of the relationship is not driving your daily decisions. Um, mm. And that's usually, I mean, depending on the severity of the relationship. I mean, if it's a, if it's a light one, you guys saw each other for maybe like a year, it wasn't too intimate, you know, you could move on from something like that in like a month or so and get yourself in that mu- neutral position. But if it's like a heavy hitting relationship, you probably need to give yourself a good six months. I mean, and I don't mean like force yourself to not date or force yourself to like be in isolation. I just mean, set yourself the expectation that most likely any, any behavior emotionally that comes out of you within that six month period after a breakup is a reaction from what's missing from your past relationship, like a phantom, essentially a phantom reaction. Um, And it's just, and and that's why it'll feel like, so it's the rebound, right? It is. It's the rebound where you're, you know, you're replacing the relationship you just had with somebody new and actually might, might actually literally feel that way at first until it doesn't because they're not the same person. Um, Mm. and so that's there to protect you. That's there to protect the person you're with, um, so that you don't even do that. And by you use that rebound period for yourself to grow and reset and know what you actually want. So by the time you're actually out there again, that you can actually see these things and self-check, like you said, Nadine, and to the point where you can say, okay, these decisions I'm making every day are based on me and what I want and not based on the hurt that I'm feeling, um, in order to kind of be effective and fair to the next person you're going to be with, because you, you want to treat them well. Anybody would say that in the relationship, they want to treat the person they're with well, and you wouldn't, you know, you won't be doing that with somebody that you're rebounding off of. So yeah, you nail the time. It's, this is probably something that I can, I don't think I can relate to anything more to what you just said, because I mean, Elisa, you remember in college, I was with someone for five years right? and you know, we broke up and you know, it was what it was. And then very quickly after I entered into another relationship and it was, I did not give myself that six month grace period. And it was a relationship that had I given myself that time to neutralize, I would not have gotten into it. So it's almost not even about being fair to the other person. It's also about making sure that you are fair to yourself and that you're entering into a new partnership with someone that is worthy of you. And that is what you want and is someone that can make you happy I mean, Michelle and I joke all the time, this was not a person that I would have dated if I was seeing clearly, so to speak. Right. And you, sometimes you don't realize that that's what you're doing and that you're kind of shorting yourself. But yeah, I, I am a huge, huge advocate ever since that experience that you definitely need a very solid grieving period in order to do yourself the service and also do a service for the person that you decide to engage with immediately after. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, and that's the sort of, that's the premise in that you need to, it's almost setting and think of it this way too. It's, you know, obviously, you know, you're going to go through some hurt and you look for ways to relieve that hurt. And sometimes people kind of hopping into an arms of somebody new, you know, right. You know, the best way to get, you know, yes. over someone's get under another. And I'm not saying, don't do that. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying, know that the, that person is, may not 
and probably will not be your next serious relationship. Just a palate cleanser. Right. Perfect. <laughs> the ginger of dating. Oh, I love that. That's a little sorbet, shall we? <laughs> shall we? Um, but it, you're really setting the tone for your next relationship. And by the way, when you when you hone your sense of gravity, when you hone your, your center about what you can go to when things get really, really tough, that is going to make you strong as an individual. And by the way, you're going to be bringing that to your relationship. So you're actually going to be attracting the thing that you want. When you can be on your own, you can love mm-hmm. yourself on your own. All of a sudden, you're like letting off the scent to all the men and ladies out there. And they're saying, whoa, I want some of that. And I want to be with somebody who can function on their own and love me for the unconditional reasons and not for the conditional reasons. That way, if you're in a situation that's tough or you're fighting or you're arguing, you have that sense of self and you can actually work through it as opposed to leaning on the things that probably led you to the breakup the first time. So it's really the sort of vicious cycle of when you go through a breakup, use it as an opportunity to learn what the hell happened, figure it out. Because guess what? It wasn't, despite of what you might think, it wasn't just the other person. It was you two, it was both right. of you together. Learn about it, hone it, fix it, correct it. So that way, when you actually are in the next relationship to be the long-term one, you can actually have the skill set you need to make it long-term and not keep repeating the same mistakes and end up in the same spot, even a little bit older, which makes it harder every, every time you do that. You know, I, I also think that, I see a lot of like my friends. Sorry, Nadine. Um, but really, Spotify. Yeah, like I just even still like I always kind of thought. Well, you know, when we're younger, it's just kind of like the way that relationships go. But I think it is more about like us as individuals, like making our our next partner pay the price of our ex. Like it yes. used to be like, oh, well, my ex in high school cheated on me, and so now my college boyfriend's paying the price. But like it's it goes beyond that. Like that just sticks with you, and like we've talked about like the attachment issues and like, it just kind of becomes a part of you. Right. Um, so it's not just like, Oh, these immature relationships. It's really just like, it is just baggage, I guess. Right. Yeah. And right. the more, and the less aware you are of the baggage, yeah. the less successful you're going to be. I mean, it's, it's so funny because I just was saying to someone today or the other day, she, a friend of mine's going through a rough situation dissolving. And she's like, this always happens to me. And that was such an interesting thing to hear because Mm -hmm. I think over the last couple of years, I've been trying to get out of that habit of saying like, why does this keep happening? Why do these things keep happening to me? And it's more about like, what am I doing to attract this behavior? Rewriting this. What did I say last week? Rewriting the story. Yeah. Rewriting the narrative to yourself that you tell yourself. I mean, Brene Brown preaches this all the time. And I think it's just a very powerful position to be in when you start to say, it's not about like, why does this keep happening to me? It's what am I doing? What am I repetitively doing to attract this type of situation or this type of person? And what can I do to change it? And oftentimes it's something you're not even aware of and something that you have no idea that you're doing, but you're subconsciously behaving in a way that is manifesting this sort of situation for you every time. And until you realize it and tackle it, it's just going to keep happening. Yep. My favorite is when somebody's like, oh, but, you know, you, you talk about like a new guy and like, oh, he's not really my type. And I'm like, uh, how is your type working out for you? Exactly. <laughs> right? like, not at all. Exactly. Yeah. Types are types are the enemy as well. And I mean, Nadine, you really you actually just brought up what's pretty much the crux of every relationship um and why they fail um because there's so there's four key elements that we look at when we match people right the first three are pretty topical ones that people can generally get a sense of on their own usually first it's looks right we got to make sure we're attracted to somebody Mm -hmm. in some capacity um you know second it's got to be personality you know you 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 tend to probably drive a little bit more with an extrovert or introvert or you know all these sort of things and then it's logistics we got to make sure this person is like remotely someplace reachable that you can get to etc um, but aside from that, there's this, there's this last piece that is really the reason that most people fail. And it's, it's, it's the foundation. It's the foundational mm-hmm. piece of who they are. And this, this means anything from somebody's upbringing to their relationship dynamics, to their, to their parents' wow. relationship dynamics. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of it is, I mean, listen, as, as, as evolved as we are as humans, we're very monkey see monkey do. So, you know, when I am talking to somebody and screening them and learning about who they are, the, the biggest places I dig are about their, their family relationships. What, what, what kind of relationship did their parents model for them or lack thereof? 
Um, what, and on top of that, what do they think happened? Right. I'm not even just asking like what happened, like what was their perspective on it? Cause that's going to yeah. show me wow. how capable or not capable they are of wrapping their head around certain concepts. And that's not to judge them. It's to just to put them in an area to understand, could this person potentially be matched with somebody else who has equal, less or two or more of an ability to grasp certain concepts. And this foundational piece is the reason that a lot of relationships might hit that sort of like eight month mark, six month mark, where it's like right on cool, cool as money, great time. And then it just sort of hits this sort of lull. And it's like, you know, I, I don't really, I can't put, I can't put my finger on what, what's not working when he's great and he's nice or, you know, I don't love his family or this or that. And it's all these sort of things that really just evolve around what you've been exposed to, because that's, that's, that's how you've learned to love and, and, and show love. Um, and it could be anything um, like even, you know, even my own husband and I, you know, he's from the South. He's a good old Southern gentleman. Wow. Like, yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. And he talks slow and with intention and just was very, you know, with good, kind, kind verbiage. And I am, I am a good old Italian girl from Jersey. I'm just like, you like, let's get this out in 30 seconds. I got to yes, move on from, right. this, from, you know, and I, you know, it, it, my family, they love a lot, but I could, you know, he's given me feedback several times. He goes, you know, it's, it's just coming across hard, coming across really, really hard. And I've, I've never <laughs> mm-hmm. gotten that feedback before because everybody I'd ever been exposed to was from yes. the Northeast and we yep. all talk this way to each other. And we all love this way. Absolutely. My sister put it perfectly. My sister put it perfectly once. She said that no one in our family has ever had to question the way somebody else in our family feels about them. It's just yes. very direct. Right. <laughs> right. It's very yes. direct. And it's, it's so sort true. of, right. And it's just, but it's, it doesn't mean we love or not love any less. It just means that's the way we communicate. Yeah. And so even putting two people next to each other from different parts of the country and the way that we were shown how to communicate with each other, even just socially can bring a lot of potential wow. conflict, even in just the simple conversation when somebody's saying, I'm interpreting you this way and you're not intending to deliver it that way. So even mm-hmm. if you isolate wow. something as small as that, starts to snowball into someone's dynamic and before you know it the two of you at the end of this thing and you're like we're always fighting we're always yelling at each other and it's just crazy when no if you ask both people they don't want to be in that position neither one of them do yet they are yeah um so it's again it's this foundational piece to say um a lot of times when couples break up it's you know based on you know we just weren't on the same page we didn't want the same things anymore you know some you know and i would say the most common one i hear right is the ladies are ready to like they're together with it they want to settle down they want to start a family and the guys are so scared shitless they can't even pay their rent they're like i, I can't mm-hmm. i don't even know what to, how what would they even look like and you know that's a couple of reasons too, is that, you know, men are a good seven to 10 years developmentally behind yes. women, just as a general, and generally speaking, and mentally. <laughs> I'll go ahead and throw it out there. It is and a very, <laughs> very big mental and emotional disparity. Well, it is. And, and that's why, you know, we all, and I think of it too, as sort of like, we're all starting on the same starting line. And that's why when we're younger, we're all sharing these similar experiences. It's all like, yeah, we're at school and, you know, we're having all these things happen together, but as you get older, the deviation starts to get wider and wider. And that's why it's really not uncommon for women to date men older than them because mentally they are about the same in terms right. of where they're at. And so um, sometimes it's what women, you know, in their late twenties, you know, out here and they're trying to date men who are their age and they want to start a family and guys are like, I, I can't even find the same socks in the dryer. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, neither can I. <laughs> I were a beautiful exception to every rule ever. <laughs> That was generously put. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's your charm. We all know it's your charm. <laughs> Somehow, Nadine rolls in 30 minutes late and then still everyone's thrilled. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> well, not everyone, uh, but not someone. <laughs> someone is. Um, boss isn't thrilled. Right. No, boss isn't thrilled. But, uh, but no, but that's the kind of the thing is that it's like you get to a certain point where, you know, ladies, it's like, don't be the one that tries to make him see the light don't try to change him don't try to be his confidant just be your own and attract someone that also feels the way you do because that's a hell of a lot easier and more rewarding and by the way effective mm-hmm. than being with somebody who doesn't feel that way now it's your job to change it all because it's not going to happen so is again these foundational pieces of where somebody's been what they've gone through what their perspective is or lack thereof their knowledge base or lack thereof will immediately put them on a little bit of a scale to say, Hey, this person's this way. They need somebody Maybe. who has this much emotional intelligence in order to be 
in a thriving relationship. And that's just not the kind of stuff that you can, you can do on your own point blank. And those are my favorite people who are like, I know within five minutes if this person's right for me. I'm like, really? 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even I, how's that been working for you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my favorite. I love that. Like, oh, I know right away. It's like, oh, how do you know? Oh, I just know. It's like, oh, okay. Well, great. Well, then you keep going with that and have it, you know. <laughs> so, I, what, do you, what would you God. say then? That's an interesting point. What yeah. would you say, Elisa, is a fair window for people to give something or or someone until they can kind of figure out if it's if it's for them or not three dates is a pretty good bar um and and I say this too especially the older you get and also keep this in mind too most people don't know this or don't think about it but our hormones and our brains like literally the way our brain talks to itself changes and migrates as we grow older so Meaning this, a lot of people when they're when they start to get into their 30s and, and their 40s and they, and they want to fall in love again, right? They want to fall in love again. I mean, they're divorced or they broke up or they want to fall in love again. They're expecting to fall in love again the way they did when they were in their 20s and in college and in high school. But the reality is you have to keep in mind you're a completely different person now mm-hmm. than you were then. It's, it's, it's literally the equivalent of being like, I ran a marathon in my 20s and I'm going to do it now again <laughs> in my 40s and right. I'm going to train for it the same way and it's going to feel the same way. And that's, clearly that's not true so when I when I tell people I said listen you can fall in love it's just not going to feel the same way it used to and the minute you actually set that expectation of that then all of a sudden you're gonna relieve the pressure off yourself that says there's something wrong with me and kind of readjust your perspective to say hey I'm gonna do this but it's just not gonna it's not gonna feel the same way um so I tell people is when you go on a first date if you're attracted to this person and that you had you had a nice time and a good conversation hundred percent give the second date because almost always the result of the first date is from energy, right? Guys are just mirrors of you. So if they're acting weird or they're squirming around or whatever the case is, even if you're not intending to come across a certain way, they are purely reflecting the energy you're giving them. So it's, it's almost, you have to give them a second chance to kind of get more comfortable deflecting you in a way, because again, we are asking these guys who don't take initiative who can't read your signals as it is to like do a monkey dance and be perfect at it. (laughs) And so if you don't give them more than one shot, there's a chance you're not even seeing who this guy really is. Um, So anyway, so yeah, that's what I say. Give it a good three dates. And, and that's, and that's to somebody that like is really like cool as a cucumber knows themselves well in their own skin. Um, Cause again, you're not only overcoming getting to know somebody, you're also overcoming the nervousness and the, the new person energy that comes with that. You know, it's, it's, it's tough on guys. We really, uh, or ladies, whoever, whoever's doing the courting, but it really is, it's a lot of pressure on them. And we don't, we don't take that into consideration. We just sit on our pedestals and expect it to just like, you know, fairy godmothers to pop out of the sky. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny because I think for people to your point, Elisa, three dates is for someone who's already very Mm self-aware and has a very good understanding. So for someone like me who maybe wasn't as self-aware, I think, as I was kind of getting back in this space, I've said, you know, if all the things are lining up and, you know, everything's going well, you probably need to give it even three months, depending yes. on the level of emotional trauma right. that you've experienced. And right. the fact that, you know, you may be terrified. And, and last episode, we talked about attachment styles. Right. And I think if you're someone who tends to be an avoidant, then right. you may need to give it a lot more time than just three dates right. if it's going well. You may right. not feel it right away. You may not walk home and, you know, doodle his name in your Lisa Frank diary or anything like that. But right. you may – I know. Do you like that throwback? Um, <laughs> yeah. Very much. Uh, thank yes. you. Yes. Um, but, you, but if he's a good man or a good girl and the conversation's flowing and they're treating you well and you feel safe and you feel comfortable and all these things are there – you need to give it a lot more time than just three dates, depending right. on who you are and where you are in your emotional self-awareness journey. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and, and a lot, and again, a lot of it is too, you know, as an adult, and I, and I say the word adult, like obviously you're in a, you know, apparently you're an adult after 18, but it, seriously with relationships, you really haven't hit adulthood until emotionally until your late twenties, mm-hmm. um, if not early thirties in terms of relationship styles um, and to get into the groove of who you are. Um, and if you don't give yourself that time to figure that out, then you are setting yourself up for failure. But adversely, Nadine, to what you're saying, it's a little bit of a different dynamic because, you know, when you're younger, it's sort of fall in love first, be a friend, be a friend next. But mm-hmm. now as an adult, 
really prepare yourself. Most likely, if this person across from you, you could really see this person being a friend, there's a good chance they're going to be your lover as well. Like, you will build a friendship with them first before you build an actual romantic relationship because that is the way long-lasting relationships actually build. It's not a lust foundation. It's a respect and friendship foundation. And then it grows into um, something deeper. And that's that's healthy, by the way. That's the way it should be. That's Mm -hmm. how long-lasting marriages last. It's not you know, sweep you off your feet in a minute. It's, you know, those, those first, what I mean by those first three dates is, is this person attractive to you? And are you enjoying the conversation? And if you are, keep it going and let it, let it, let it unravel because it will, you know, because mm-hmm. you're, you're going for me to be. So. And it's funny because that's how it went for my husband and me. Yeah. Like I, I met him. I actually was dating somebody else. I met him and he really thought we had this chemistry. Sorry, Mike, if you're listening, but you know, this is not news to him. Like, I, you know, I just wasn't really feeling it. I was dating somebody else. And when that guy and I broke up, Mike was right there. Like, and he was just like, give me a chance. I was going on dates with other guys after a few months. And finally he, you know, I always knew that he liked me. And I was like, I would never date Mike. Like I always would say mm-hmm. I would never date him. He just wasn't someone I thought was like long-term potential, I guess. I thought like, he was just like too laid back, too immature, I guess. But I really did not give him a chance. And then he finally called me out and was just like, you're going on. I was going on a date with someone the next day. And he was like, you're giving all of these guys a chance. Like, can you just give me an actual chance? I love and it. In my head, I was like, okay, I've given you a chance. I've known you for a year. But when he took me out on a date, like the energy was so different. Love it. it, it was I like, remember this. I remember yeah. this extremely well. And I, I remember you telling me you still weren't sure and you wanted me to hang out with the both of you. And I, and I went and I hung out with them and months later, like a month later, like a month later, she was like, just come. I want you to meet him and kind of like help me fit, you know, whatever. And Mike, I hope you are listening because I want you to know how this went. And I was with her and we hung out with him and I said to her, I was like, listen to me. He is kind. Mm -hmm. He is funny. And he is obsessed with you. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Like, you are selfish. If yes. you do not, I was like, I love him and right. I want him in my life. So you yeah. better date this guy. She literally right. was like, I will never talk to you again if you don't give Mike a chance. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Right. And, and you really, it's just really going out of like your idea. Like I used to say, but like, I don't want to waste my time on somebody I already know. Like I could be meeting, you know somebody who's going to be my husband when I really wasn't even entertaining the idea of Mike, like who has been, who, because only because I knew him and he was in my life as a friend. But when you take somebody out of that dynamic, it, it's kind of crazy. Like I wouldn't believe it unless I gave it a shot. So right. I always recommend the that. relationship so I, I'm in started the exact same way. Yeah. Mine too. Mine I too. swear by it. I, Mine too. It, That's I, wild. Actually. I know. <laughs> And it's interesting because it touches on Elisa's point about the fact that your brain chemistry is just different as you get older. Like, right. we yeah. are never going to have those high school, early college, you know, hormones of like, oh, my God, I'm so in love and so obsessed. I can't wait until we have like 16 kids together and ride off on a magic carpet. Right. You know, like, that's just not going to happen anymore. Like those and we don't realize that those same things don't apply anymore until right. we actually force ourselves to give something a little different a chance and then it ends up being the most rewarding right and that's why you know and again to, to even just use that example i mean michelle like you were seeking out nadine's perspective because yeah. you knew you needed some sort of outside source to say am I crazy here? Like I need some right. perspective on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's why we crave that. And it, cause it, and again, just a little bit of perspective can, can really make or break the difference between, you know, uh, you being successful in a relationship for the rest of your life or, you know, or not. Um, and the reality is as long as you're seeking those resources to give yourself that perspective, you will continue to grow and you will continue to have fulfilling relationships, um, that will last, um, And that's kind of the point in that when you are with somebody, giving them an opportunity to really show you who they are um, and vice versa will actually, it will, it really, really will reward you in the end. And and like you said, Nadine, you just got to be, just give yourself a moment to understand why are these things happening and let's analyze those before we start blaming people because it's a little ironic in a world where 
we can art, you know, we can reasonably say women have incredibly low self-esteem. I mean, we objectify ourselves. We mm-hmm. put ourselves to impossible standards. You know, we just hate on ourselves all the time and each other that we are so incredibly picky when it comes to what we think we deserve. So right. how does that line up? Right. How does it's that so work? True. If you're a queen, if you are Meghan Markle over here, or like you think you are, you know, you're just right. like queen of England, like, where's my man? And yet you're just like hating on yourself. You are going to be stuck mm-hmm. at ground zero for a really long so time. True. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So I have one last question before we have to kind of go into my, our, our favorite dating term of the week. Yeah. Um, building on what you said about the foundation, like that really key, piece of um getting to know someone um when do you think like that's something that should be brought up between two people like when do you bring up like your past relationships and any sort of baggage that you have yeah um keep keep the dating talk i mean keep the heavy dating talk um uh, at least wait a good six dates i mean usually about at least a month or so until you guys get really connected with each other sometimes leading with it can just get really a little petrifying for people, but I would say you can, you can do some light prime work though. Like for example, (laughs) like doing some foundational questions, meaning like get to know how somebody was brought up. That's going to give you a really good indicator on, you Mm know, and he could drive and and, and Nadine is going to laugh when I tell her this, but it's not a surprise to me that she is in love with somebody that grew up in a similar fashion that she did in a lot of ways, because Mm -hmm. she identifies with those things and they give her comfort and they give her perspective and they're sharing a lens that the two of them, can have together and nobody else does and nobody has with you in a long time and that's kind of the key you know and that's so those sort of things you have to get older it's like okay do we come from a similar background do we have similar family dynamics friend dynamics um you know interests those sorts of things will bring you together and help you to not only problem solve but actually just communicate in general oh I love that yeah yeah, <laughs> She's shy. I also just want to point out that you mentioned the L bomb, which me and my significant other have not said to each other yet. So oh, let's get that. on this, brother. <laughs> let's go. Okay, no let's pressure. Go. It's fine. no let's, pressure. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> on your own moving. timeline, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I well, love I'll it. break that awkwardness for you. And Thank you. I will uh, go over our favorite millennial dating term of the week. Cool. I'm sure you're both familiar with it. This week's it's orbiting. <laughs> so orbiting is when um, we're going to use Instagram stories as a perfect example. Let's say you're in a situation with someone or you're dating them or whatever. And they typically it's when they ghost you um, or you just don't talk to them anymore, but they just forever stay like orbiting you on social media. They, they maybe they'll like your posts if they're bold Usually they're just watching every snap on your Snapchat or every Instagram story that you post and they just orbit you for the rest of your life. It feels like, and they just never like, we we don't know why orbiting happens. Like I would probably do it because I'm just obsessed with everyone's lives. Um, (laughs) But I, it always makes girls like everyone's always like, Oh, well he still watches my story. So he honestly, he probably does care and he just doesn't want to admit it. It's like, is that really it? He doesn't care, honey. No, he doesn't, he doesn't care. care. I don't know who needs to hear this, but he don't give a shit. No. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Um, And I, you know, I'm probably about to burst a lot of bubbles here, but do it. if they're doing, and this is, again, this is more geared towards our younger ladies because you get a certain age where it's very clear who the men and the, who the men, who the men are, who the boys are, who the yeah. women are, the girls are. But when you're younger, it get a little more convoluted. But the reality is if someone has ghosted you, if somebody's orbiting you, if somebody's doing anything indirectly towards you, cut them that is not Mm -hmm. behavior that indicates self-awareness let alone healthy relationship habits it doesn't matter and don't try to read into it don't try and say that he's going through something and he can't talk to you right now and so you got to be there for him he's still interested that is not your responsibility and guess what if that's actually the case you really really don't want to be with him anyway because he is so not self-aware they can't take care of himself how is he going to take care of you? It's just not, just not the way. So if he, if you had something and there wasn't some resolution to it and he wasn't giving the resolution to it, or she wasn't giving the resolution to it, drop it. It's not anything you want to pursue. And I guarantee you by the time this person actually realizes what happens, they will come back back around and, and close it up. But that's not anybody you want to waste any time on. Cause there's a lot of people who actually feel the way that you do. And you would have that resolution with each other much faster. 
Can I get an amen? Woo! I would honestly, I would clap. I don't know how clapping sounds on a podcast, but I'm clapping. Where's Nadine's cat? That'd be a good close. She's hanging sound. out. She's, she's very intrigued by the conversation. She's been quiet. I bet. She's like, so Lisa, so that cat yeah. I met. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you have a good, like, crazy, what we call a breakup breakdown, crazy breakup story that you can share with us, whether it's yeah. your own or someone that you, you know, Met yeah. over the years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I'll use I'll use a, probably a, a recent client couple of mine, and um, I like this story because they actually found new love with somebody they should have been with anyway. Um, and it was like one of those situations where the two of them were like in a picture together when they're like really young and like oh, no, but like really kind of weird. They don't really even know each other. It was kind of weird. But anyway, um, so yeah, so so this story um is of a client of mine. He is. Oh, not climb anymore. Um, but they're he, anyway. He's he's engaged now to this new gal we set him up with, and they're they're in love and they're smitten. But when I, when he was first in our little world, and he came to me, he was married previously, and he comes from a rather traditional religious background. And it, he's a babe, by the way. Like, cool. <laughs> I mean, just like plays the guitar, tall, gorgeous, uh. like and, and like and works like works for NASA, like just wow, like, not oh anybody you think is a real person. And he's like trying Shut to explain. Up. Let me guess, he can cook and clean. Oh too. my, no, he can't clean, but he can cook no. for sure. But he, right, you well, know, okay, so just like a nine out of ten, right? He's like he won't admit he's a rocket scientist, but that that's reality. Oh so my anyway. God. He <laughs> he, um, you know, he had come from a marriage where the the wife that he was arranged with was sexually abused younger, oh. and she 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 would not have she wouldn't be intimate with him. And wow. he didn't know this for the majority of the relationship and <sighs> assumed responsibility for it. And it was a big hindrance. And eventually, you know, she went through all this trauma and they couldn't be together. And anyway, they broke up and got divorced. So what was interesting about that was working with him to resolve those issues before we put him into a new relationship. Um, and that he didn't bring that baggage into the new relationship, like you said, Michelle. Um, but was cute about or weird about this breakup story um, is that when they when they broke up, it was obviously very uh, sort of dry since there was no chemistry there anyway. But what's interesting about their the new gal that he was with, their first date was really kind of sweet and interesting all at the same time because after the date, she it was cute. She well, let's start with him first. He calls after the first date um, and says, you know, we had an amazing time. It was four hours long. Great conversation. We're totally attracted to each other. But I think I blew it. I think I offended her. I think I I just was too strong. I don't know. And I'm, I'm mortified. I, I ruined the energy. And I'm just so sorry. I, I really am upset because she rocked my world. I'm just so, so upset. Like, all right, all right. Let's talk to let's talk to her. And we talked to her. And she said the same thing. Good energy. Good conversation. They totally into each other. And she says, and it was weird. He, he, he touched her and then got bizarre. And then she <laughs> thought she was too fat. Right? Don't we always think that? Right? Oh, that's my horrid. God. Ladies, that's our go-to. Right? Like, we're just too mm-hmm. cool. Our bodies. Oh, my God. It must be that. So anyway, I have these two people. He has this sort of trauma about kind of touching a woman and her not, not wow. wanting him. Mm-hmm. And she took it as I'm too fat and he wasn't attracted to me. And now the energy's changed. So both of these people brought their past relationships wow. into the wow. first date. And by the way, if I wasn't there on the other end to say, people, we actually like adore each other. Oh let's God. not, let's not get, you know, then let's go. And sure enough, you know, we bridged that and now they're, they're together and engaged, but that moment happens nine times out of 10 on a first date and not even just in a physical sense. It could be a text message. Wow. It could be a phone call. It could be a look, just these moments of misinterpreting someone's interact. It, someone's actions based on what you've gone through in the past, just derails relationships all wow. the time. Um, I love that. So, anyway, so if that, you weren't around, correct, right? They may never have stayed together. They there may not have been a second. Oh, date, they wouldn't like, have. He was tail wow. between the legs. Like oh I ruined that. Like no way. To, like, right. Right. So everybody needs everyone. a matchmaker. <laughs> right. Everyone yeah. needs somebody that can give them some real perspective because that's the re- that's what's kind of unique about my job, right? Like I'm kind of like a hitch, you know. I'm like a I'm like a female version of Will Smith, right? It, yeah. That, yeah. I mean that I actually know both of you and I actually understand what's going on and actually give you some real insight that's going to give you some progress, not just be like your biased wing woman or your biased kind of girlfriend that doesn't know both of you and just going to give you some crap advice. Um, but the reality is you, we need that. We need somebody to say, hey, this is kind of the situation that's going on and pull yourself out of the water. And that's why things work out. So it's kind and of it's, it's funny because we... most situations don't have a you, obviously. Right, right. So I think that's when communication is so unbelievably critical. Right. So if you can't get a matchmaker – 
at least put on your big boy or your big girl pants and yep. be able to talk about whatever it is you think is speak up. went wrong or right. what happened or right. whatever. Because right. oftentimes it is so unbelievably your own interpretation of what happened. Always. And it's getting in your own way. Right. Exactly. hundred percent. When in doubt, speak up and state it. Because guess what? If they don't respond in a positive manner, they're not your person. Exactly. As painful as it might be. Because mm-hmm. the mature person at your level is going to respond to it. So just that when in doubt, that's a great way to weed it out for sure. What a beautiful story. Yeah. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that so how better can... than the breakup breakdowns on the last two. Episodes. Yeah, really. Sorry, Nadine. Um, so is there any way like anyone can connect with you or like be somebody that you kind of poach? How does that work? Like, oh, can... yeah. Yeah. You mean like what? My contact info? Like, how yeah. Oh, or, yeah. Like, I know you said that you invite people or is that oh. just the men? Sure. No, no, no. Um, so basically, um, yeah, if you like, if you wanted to kind of enter into my world yeah. and start dating like the VIP elite, elite, essentially what you would do is you could like, uh, you could email me, obviously at Elisa, at elisaperifico.com or you could uh, DM me on Insta. That's a pretty popular we'll link one. You. Link we'll, me. Yeah, yes. Look will. it up. Um, yeah. Anything you can on Instagram, you can email me um, and, uh, we'll meet up and have a cup of coffee and really it'll just be a casual chat about you and who you are and what you're looking for. And I'll be totally transparent with you about where you're at and, um, what you could work on or not work on, um, to kind of get where you want to go. I'm, I'm pretty real, real with people and it. That's so the way cool. we do it. Yeah. Lisa, and, this was so much fun. So yes. fun, you guys. Oh my gosh. It just feels like we're back in college. Is I know, everyone else is listening to our conversation. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to listen to it all the time. <laughs> yes, please do. Thank you for having me, you guys. You guys are amazing. I can't wait to uh, keep listening. You guys are so fantastic. You're oh. the best. Thank you so much. You're so yes. welcome. Anytime. Thank you. This was amazing. It was just like old times, and we are all looking forward to seeing you boom in this matchmaking industry and following you as you for pretty real. much check bitches. So uh, I love it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's right. Preach, sister. I love it. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, episode three is a wrap. Thank you all so much for listening. And as Elisa said, you can follow her on Instagram uh, or shoot her an email at elisa.elisaperifico.com. And as always, feel free to follow us on Instagram at heartsbrain, slide into our DMs, but more importantly, rate and review and share it with your friends. Thanks, everyone.